You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'm here with my colleague, Jim Cockrell. Our buddy, Nathan Gunderson, is away today, so just me and Jim. But we do have a guest. We're very happy to welcome another guest on our program. I will introduce him in a little bit. It's a man who wears many hats uh, in our uh, in our community, uh, our hockey community, that is. So uh, I'm speaking of John Barr, and he'll be joining us a little bit for some Kraken hockey talk and a little bit of history as well. Before uh, Jim and I get to a little bit of game recap, uh, we want to give big thanks to our sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at the Angry Beaver. And of course, you haven't been able to do that recently due to the uh, flooding and problems our good buddy Tim Pipes has been going through. But I do have good news. They are quickly fixing the place up. And it should be open again very soon. So we'll keep you in the loop about that. So cheers to to the Angry Beaver and Tim. So anyway, and also, uh, let's see, uh, cheers sort of to the Kraken. Uh, at least uh, this last game we'll talk about was, was a little bit of a happy ending. Uh, we've had a, a little longer than usual break between episodes. That's largely due to the All-Star uh, game weekend and post-All-Star break. It was a, kind of a crazy break there. But uh Gave us a little time to uh, take, you know, take our own breaks and take care of some things. And uh, Jim and I uh, had a little excursion to Palm Springs, Palm Desert, uh, and uh, see the Coachella Valley Firebirds. So we'll have a little report on that a little bit later on. But let's talk a little bit about the three games that recently happened and recap them a little bit. Uh, sad to say, part of it is not a fun recap as the team did not play well in two of those games, well, really three of those games, if we go back to the San Jose one, which we're not going to go over at this point, but uh, started off, you know, kind of the whole road trip uh, pretty poorly, but they made up for it in the third one, uh, which I'll explain uh, more about in a bit. So uh, all these were road games. First one we're talking about is on going back to February 10th against the Philadelphia Flyers, John Tortorella and company. Kraken lost that one three to two. It was a bit of a back and forth game in terms of scoring. It was, there was, you know, there was some offense from the Kraken. Uh, however, the Flyers had a lot more offense, a lot more shots in that game, out shooting the Kraken 38 to, to 19. Uh, so Joey Decord, once again, stopped a lot of shots, looked good, but the team could not come up with enough offense or at least enough quality offense to win. Tomas Tatar and Jared McCann getting goals in that one. McCann getting his 21st in that game. So Jared keeps on a scoring roll. Uh, next on deck, a couple days later, February 12th, they were just went a little short distance over to New Jersey to take on the Devils. And once again, not much offense or enough quality offense uh, in this one either. Uh, Kraken fell in that game 3-1. to one. Will Borgen uh, came up with a, a lone Seattle goal in that one, happening in the third period. Devils got an empty netter to seal a deal at the end. Uh, Joey Decord on in that game, also playing totally decently. Uh, so it's other issues have been coming up. Um, so the Kraken on a three-game losing streak at that point. Next up, uh, they're headed a little north to take on the New York Islanders. And we're thinking, are we on a long, you know, they've been such a streaky team all year. You know, lose eight, win 13, lose four, win four. You know, this back and forth. Are we in for that again? 
Well, got a got a little bit of happier ending on this one. Philip Grubauer in goal uh, against the Islanders. Matty Benia starting off the game uh, with a nice goal in the first period of the game. That was his seventh. In the second period, unfortunately, uh, the Islanders, uh, Kyle Palmieri, tied the game. No goals in the third period. Uh, so the game went into overtime. And the three-on-three period led to no goals, which, of course, results in a shootout. And if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know Jim and I, as long as many others, haven't felt much confidence about shootouts for Seattle as they've been... Uh, they have a very poor record in those situations. But once in a while, they come up on top. And big, big thanks to T- Tomas Tatar's really pretty goal. Nice shootout goal he came up with. And some really nice saves by Philip Grubauer. The Kraken came up with two points in the standings and stopped that losing skid. So uh, Kraken uh, will finish out this week of, with games uh, game of Boston. Uh, they take on a very strong Boston Bruins team, and then they have a few days off before a run of home games. First one uh, against the, the uh, Detroit Red Wings on the 19th. So, Jim, for a while, we saw the Kraken slowly but surely get further and further from a playoff spot, and they were kind of in the mix, and now now a little bit dropped down. Uh, they've got a lot of catching up to do, uh, but they bounced back a bit on in this most recent game. It was interesting. <laughs> Those guys were like, looks thrilled like they had won a playoff game uh, in this Islanders one. So, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts about what happened and uh, with the team in the past few days? Well, um, it's good to be back. I missed the last show because I was not doing well. Oh, that's uh, right. We haven't had yeah. you in an extra long time. Yeah. So, Sasquatch Mike filled in for me. Thank you, Mike. Um, so that four-game roadie, looking into it, you're thinking, like I was listening to Curtis Crabtree today, and he was saying, you know, it's kind of red alert time, right? It, I felt like it was red alert time a while ago, actually. And so you looked at those four on paper and thought, all right, it's not going to be easy. It's on the road. But at the same time, you almost got to look at them as all, we got to win these, bottom line. Um, that game against the Flyers was the toughest on paper, as far as I'm concerned, and the way Torch has those guys playing is just outstanding. That game, uh, that was pretty much the perfect coach game when you watch the four check, the neutral zone, the D, everything was just unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, the out shooting 38-19, just, just crazy. And that was also the start of uh, the scratch of Carche for two games, which was something kind of interesting off the cuff there. And bringing, um, you know, Yamamoto up running the center on the fourth line. So that was a new look, a little puzzling at times. Um, then the Devils game, you know, they got off to a better start for sure in the first three minutes and then quickly fizzled out, it seems. And, you know, Joey's still Joey. He's he's doing it for the team. He's he's above 900 save percentage every game. Um, he's doing it. He's giving us a chance to win every every game, but it feels like even though they're kind of close games within a goal or two here and there that we're just not in those games. Uh, kind of reminds me of our first year, you know? Um, and then tonight, incredibly refreshing. Um, we, we all watched it. I know. And I thought, Oh boy, here we go. You know, Grubauer outstanding, man. I was, I was so impressed with his play, his angles. Uh, he was getting across the crease really rapidly. Um, Smart, covering up what he would, getting the whistles. Uh, very impressed with a guy that hasn't played for basically two months. Um, I was a little leery, like, you know, he's either going to stand on his head and look great or it's going to be, you know, something not good. But thankfully, he pulled through. He basically won the game for us on top of Tatar's 
you know, winter that was a beauty. So total relief. Um, but man, you know, these are all, we got to win these games and it's crazy. And we got Boston up next. So who knows? And uh, it's just tough, man. It, it's just so tough right now. Yeah. Well, tough in the, in this, this bunch up or this continued bunch up in the, for the, uh, playoff picture. I mean, I, I have no illusions that uh, the Kraken will catch up to Vancouver or Vegas or, or even Edmonton, uh, you know, in the stand in the conference standings, but wild card uh, as of this recording. So this is uh, shortly after the Islanders game, uh, LA at, uh, and the St. Louis blues uh, at 58 points, uh, Preds at 56, Calgary at 55. They slowly kind of got back up. Cracking a 54 now, a little bit one one point over Minnesota Wild. And even the Arizona Coyotes, while they've fallen off a little bit, they're at 50. So still have seven teams vying for these two spots. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of talk. And we'll talk a little bit and we'll get John on the, on the conversation, too, about uh, trade deadlines. And, uh, you know, I've been reading all kinds of articles in The Athletic. And, you know, there's been a little bit of thought with, you know, Wenberg and Eberly sometimes are mentioned about that. So anyway, we'll get a little more into that. But is, are they going to make moves? Are they going to be sellers? Or are they going to still go, for, you know, go for a spot here? Uh, you know, it's it's been such an inconsistent team, that, you know, hard to know what they're going to do. But um, there you go. There you have it co coming up with a win. And, um, you know, we'll see. Boston's going to be a tough one. Uh, Boston just lost an overtime one against Tampa. So um, Marchie, that was Marchie's thousandth game, right? Correct. Correct. Wow. That's amazing. God, time flies. So anyway, there we go. So that'll be that'll be interesting. We're really looking forward to seeing that. Kraken Bruins games usually are good games. Um, you know, obviously we're gonna you know see the Bruins in Seattle uh, a little later in the month. Uh, always some interesting games, no matter how good or bad either team is. So looking forward to that. All right. So that's the recap. Let's bring our friend in here. So we've got we've got a, our guest uh, this week. It was a guy I've been wanting to have on our podcast for a long time, and uh, he certainly knows the game of podcasting. He's run the Sound of Hockey podcast for a long time. He's a hockey player. He's founder of uh, NHL to Seattle, which was a group campaigning to get a, an NHL team here in Seattle. He's a great lover of the sport, great advocate of the sport. Uh, also, a One Roof Foundation board member, the nonprofit that is tied to. Seattle Kraken and uh, a guy you can see at just about every Kraken game home game. He's somewhere there. John Barr, welcome to the Kraken Fancast. Good to see you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for finally having me on. <laughs> Talked about it a lot. I'm gonna have you on sometime, and then I forget it. I'm gonna have you on. Forget it. Like, oh no, I'm not gonna forget now. So you guys plan. We don't plan. So that's the thing. So yeah, no, it's all it's all good, John. Um, yeah, actually, before I'd, lo I'd love to talk a little bit about your history and everything in the game. But, you know, since we're, we're, we're talking a little bit about the team and obviously you're, in, you know, watch it as intimately, if not even more so than, than any of us. Um, your thoughts about the team so far this season and, uh, you know, past games. I mean, this is where's this team going? Are, are they going to be? Do you feel like they're going to make a playoff spot like they did? Because they were such a nice story last year. And, uh, you know, but this seems like a tougher task this year for them. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been kind of a roller coaster year, right? Um much different than last year where they kind of went up did really well early and kind of had a lead like a buffer, right? That they could always kind of fall back on. They would kind of like fall off a bit, but they would never kind of go below the playoff spot. So it's been a, it's been a challenge and I think what really 
stunk is like the first 25 games of the season really kind of put this team in a hole. And so it's almost like the opposite of, of last year. So they put themselves back into competing, but they can't, they can't maintain that pace. Right. And, and so um, I, you know, I think the odds are pretty long for them to make it even with this win um, against the Islanders. Um, they got a kind of tough, tough kind of road ahead of them in the next couple of weeks too. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, the, it, certainly the math says they can make the playoffs, but I, I just don't, I just don't, it's long odds, right? It's about a 5% chance. Um, and to me, and I'd love to hear your guys' opinion as well, is just, you know, it's crazy that they're getting goaltending now, right? This season they're getting goaltending last year. They didn't really get goaltending. I mean, I know Jones played well, but, but not great, but they were scoring like, in 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 waves and in bundles and yeah they and, like jones would have all these wins like six to three five yeah five, like that hey, la game are. remember i'll never forget that la game what was that nine to eight oh right right, right. chase cal peterson out of california right uh mm-hmm. so i mean i just i just think they can't score for whatever reason and it's not it's not just you know the departure of ryan donato and Morgan Geeky, and of course Daniel Sprong. I mean, missing those guys stinks, but you know, it's everybody's not scoring. And maybe, right. maybe other teams can key in on the the other nine guys uh in the lineup. Um Burkowski hasn't looked like himself. Everly took some time to get going, and Maddie's obviously slumping a bit. I mean, I like I want to hear your guys' input too, because uh I mean it's pretty obvious, right, that they can't score, but I just don't I can't figure it out, right? Honestly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we're in the same boat, John. Um, you know, we all keyed on early on Maddie, you know, looking at his numbers compared to the year before. And then we started looking at other players. And, you know, the Burakoski, basically three injuries in yeah. this year and then going back to last year. And you could see the timid play. Uh, you know, I, I could. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'll give him that. I'll, I'll give him that slow break in. But I feel like now, it should be happening. We're looking at what one goal, and I think he's got seven assists now. Uh, I posted something about that the other day that he's just got to get going, regardless of where he is in the lineup. You know, the, a lot of yeah. times they had him in th- down on four, breaking yeah. in. I get that. Yeah. Reduced minutes, 11, 13, whatever minutes. Um, and by the way, I don't know if you keyed on it, but this was the closest to our four line configurations going back to last year tonight, other than the fourth line with basically newer players, you know, with Carson. Yeah. Yeah. But that first line was back to the first line. Second was second. Yeah. Burakoski. Yep. Um, you're right. I mean, guys like, uh, you know, the third line has had to carry us for the first, uh, third anyway. Yeah. They, yeah. They've been a little bit quiet now. I've noticed a little bit yeah. streaky, Tolby a little streaky, but I keep on coming. I'm with you on the whole, who we, who we let go, uh, at the end of the year. I'm not, I'm still not buying into that by any means. Yes. It was nice to have that bottom six, uh, on regular, you know, production, but yeah. our top six has been the difference. Bottom line top six. Yeah. That's, with, that's a fair analysis. Yeah. Yeah, it just has been because of the inconsistency. Um, and God, you're right. I mean, I was telling my wife this. I don't know how we got on the subject, but it's in the car. Oh, I was listening to a, a, a talking about and Crabtree talking about, you know, isn't it just ironic how we're getting this outstanding goaltending for once? <laughs> yeah. And then poof, turn off the switch on the other end of things. Yeah. And then, you know, Grubauer comes in tonight, has a hell of a game, and you're sitting there thinking, 
all right, let's let's go from here out. But there's no guarantees, right? We yeah. don't know. Uh, so yeah, it's just been so weird. And you know, I know you're the analytic guy, and I know you drum up all the numbers all the time. I look at them too. Um, and you know, high danger versus this, that, or whatever. I do know this that other teams are playing us well on the inside. And I can't remember where I saw this uh stat that somebody brought up about. Uh, I believe we're the second smallest forward group in the NHL behind Minnesota. And I can't remember who posted that. And uh, I, that's an interesting. I, I can look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that feels. That. That feels <laughs> I don't know that, Jim, but that feels so plausible because no. I often look like when uh, I'll use like the last time they played the St. Louis Blues and I'm like, God, that blues yeah. look so much bigger. Well, blues, the blues, I think, are on the other spectrum, right? Because yeah, they are some big boys. But I feel that, that way so, it's yeah. on a number of the games. Yeah, yeah fair like, enough. Fair like enough. even that yeah. Jersey game, I just kept going, man, we're just getting out. Muscle. Anyway, my point being, and I, if you've followed the podcast over the years, or even me, I, one of my big squawks is going back to the first year, cookie cutter, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, forwards. Whether we grab them for a year and get rid of them, bottom six type of guy, we just get pushed around and I know that we're getting sealed on the outside a lot, you know, and we don't really have a net front guy. You know, you got your Schwartz, you got your this or whatever, but there's, there's no big six, two, six, three power forwards that are proves in the blue that was surely would be helpful, obviously. Well, but how did it work last year? Right. I mean, I, exactly. I'm, I'm willing to hear that argument, but somehow we didn't need it last year. Right. So, yeah, but I also feel like, I also feel like we were getting, you know, sprung goals from the outside left and right on one timer yeah, and stuff yeah. like, you know, so, but I just, it's just an interesting stat. And I do know by watching the game, I've seen, we're getting closed out in the, down the alley a lot. It seems like pushed out to the outside, especially lately. It seems like, well, you know, it's funny. I, I happened to look at this. I was looking at where shots were coming from and, and I kind of looked at them by, by period. And it's like when. I forget what game it was, but you know, they went into, it might've been the Philly game, right? They were down by three, I think, or no, they, they weren't down. They were, they were down late or, or five minutes in and all the shots went to the outside because Philly just closed the center. Right. right? And the crack and are just not, those aren't, you know, they, they could be labeled as high danger, but they're like on the edge of like, out exactly. right and they're blocking shots and and that's that's one thing i think i've noticed recently is is playing uh from behind it's just super hard in this league to kind of get back totally. and i think the kraken of all teams especially if they're struggling to score it's even worse right because right. because maybe to your point they don't have any big big net front guys no power forwards that can really kind of stir the stir the pot right in front of the net and and hopefully get one through where they just push the guys to the outside. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, there's something to that. Right. Um, but I just can't, I just can't, you know, and even Donato had a little bit of a, a nose for the net, right. Sure. Sure. Last year. Right. Um, I'll bet like half his goals were with it within like two feet of the crease. Right. And because it's, yeah. yeah, especially below the line as well. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I love the Tatar signing too, to be yes. honest, yes. you know, and I think, I think without him, it looked like a much weaker team than last year with yes. him. All of a sudden it looks like he kind of fills in for maybe not the sprung production, but kind of he, and, and uh, we saw it tonight against the Islanders. He's, 
he can he's got that skill in the shootout that that we the Kraken have not had for years, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, because I think he's he's I don't know if he's scored on every shootout he's gone into with the Kraken, but I think they put him out there for him, right? Meaning he's one of the the guys that can can put it in, and and he did it. He was the difference tonight in the shootout. So yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, can you imagine how where the God they'd probably be down by Anaheim or something if we didn't have the if we had the goaltending, which was you know sometimes could be good, but you didn't know which Grubauer was going to show up. I mean, he was all, he was really bad the first year. Last year he showed some stuff, and then we had Martin Jones, but he never felt like they could be up. Yeah, they could be up a goal, and I wouldn't necessarily. I'd be really nervous, and I'd still even be nervous if they were up two goals. <laughs> And, and, you know, this year I, I feel, you know, Joey Decord, when he came up and, you know, he's the number three guy and I love this personality. And obviously I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Boston Homer. I love that, you know, he's from back, you know, a New England guy, but, you know, I just love his personality and all that. But, you know, Jim and I talked a lot about this, you know, we thought, well, he's probably going to be that one of those AHL guys that gets a few cups of coffee here and there and then HL and, you know, not, not really, you know, rise to the occasion. Now you get a starting job at Coachella and your, your team ends up in the Calder cup finals and, and, you know, seven games. I mean, obviously he had, you know, tons of, uh, you know, tons of confidence building on that and skill building and some great coaching. I know he's twice the goalie he was two years ago. Well, and, and I think, before the expansion draft, ironically, he was going to be the number two guy in right. Ottawa, right? right. And then, Eventually, you know, think, right. yeah, and then they pick him up. And then, they, you know, keep in mind, he could have been the second, the the backup in Seattle because they had Drieger and and Decord. Yeah. They also had uh, Vitek Vanacek. Um, but then they picked up Grubauer in free agency, and all of a sudden, it's Drieger. Because Drieger signed a, a pretty healthy deal. That was, I mean, right. he's still on the same deal. And so they had him and Grubauer, and so then Joey had to be the number three. They sent Vanacek back to New Jersey. But, you know, we've talked to him a couple times over the years, and the one thing that was clear is he just needed reps in the NHL to see if he could even do it, right? Because it was really challenging to evaluate his his starts the first couple seasons with the Kraken because they were – last minute call-ups like or sit on the bench for two weeks you know because somebody's hurt and then uh you know Drieger got hurt and then and then we'll give him a start and like that's that's not a good chance right um so at least last year he got a lot of time in Coachella a lot of starts and so and then established himself in a good position to kind of take that quote-unquote number two spot right but clearly he's not the number two this year and he he seized an opportunity and i think it's that opportunity he's gotten with regular regular starts right like two or three a week where before it was one every two weeks i mean i can't play forward one every if i play once every two weeks right um so i think that's what we're seeing i'm not i'm not saying he's going to be a a superstar, but he is, he's actually playing like one recently. I think he's, he's still top five or top 10 in the league in save percentage. And, and can we ever say, I mean, it's insane to think that a Kraken goalie is in the top 10 and save percentage. Right. So yeah, I didn't see that coming. No, no. Yeah. So it's a nice story for sure. And he did so, you know, great in the winter classic and, and all so he's a, he's a great story. So I'm really rooting for him. Besides just being on Seattle, I just think he's a great great guy and yeah, and great great player, and is showing more promise to to continue to be a good player. Very good. And player. what's what's crazy is he did 
he did sign uh, with the Kraken at the end of last season, right? He could have gone to free agency, mm-hmm. but he signs a two-year deal with Seattle, and and it was interesting because Drigger was still with the team, and and that's a lot of money tied up with Drigger as well. So I don't know. That was good on him for taking the chance, right? Because he could have been back in the AHL now. He would have had to clear waivers. Who knows what would have happened? But um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about the season as a whole, but he's part of the season, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, definitely a highlight of the season so far. So for sure, for sure. So may he may he keep it going, and uh, yeah. these guys can you know get get some more scoring because, uh, like you said, mathematically they're still obviously very much in it, but um, you know they gotta they gotta go on a roll here uh, and get some more consistency. We'll see. We'll be watching all of us. Yeah. So, so let, John, let's go a little bit about tell, talk a little bit about you. You, uh, your, 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 your history with the game, your journey with hockey, you know, and, and like I said, particularly how you got so heavily involved with the campaign to bring an NHL team here. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah t- talk a little bit about that. And also well, let's you'll learn a little more about sound of hockey too. Well, I, you know, I grew up in Northern California before the sharks were there and, uh, did not watch the sharks, uh, because, or didn't, didn't pay attention to hockey, I should say. Uh, went away to college and then started paying attention once San Jose got in the league. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, where's this sport been all my life? And, and fell in love with it, you know, like more and more every year, it's that playoff hockey kind of that, that draws you. in. I always think that playoff hockey is the gateway to a lot of people that, that maybe didn't experience as a kid, because that's what happened to me. I just could not get enough of playoff hockey. So Fell in love with it. I I lived in Reno, Nevada um, when I, when this happened. I was going to school there. Eventually moved up to Seattle about 18 years ago. Uh, started playing a little bit uh, in uh, in Reno and then moved up here. And, and all of a sudden it was like, wow, there's there's all this hockey up here. How you know, how's there no NHL team? Because San Jose had no hockey around yet. They got an NHL team and I quickly found out it was because there's a, there's no place for them to play, no arena. Um, but geographically it's a great location. So, you know, over the years I've kind of like researched what, you know, like what are the prospects of getting a team? So I kind of had a, like, I just researched and, and kind of knew why they didn't have a team and, you know, they needed an owner, they needed all this stuff. The league needed to want to expand and all this stuff. So, um, so eventually I just kind of created a website called NHL to Seattle. Uh, timing was right with Facebook and Twitter. And, and I think the timing was just somewhat lucky to start it. Right. Um, and there was all this traction about the, the uh, potential arena down Soto. And, and I kind of got on the coattails of, the NBA movement to try to bring the Sonics back. And, um, you know, I have nothing against the Sonics. I want to bring the Sonics back too, but I am not a basketball fan. I'm a hockey fan. So, so I was doing my part. They talked about hockey, bringing hockey there. And so eventually I just kind of became like a central resource for people to talk about the prospects of NHL coming. And, you know, I know your sponsor is angry beaver and Chris, I'm pretty sure that's the first place we met was yeah. at one of those media talkbacks like eight years ago, right? Or maybe, I maybe think I, may, I may have met you at Spitfire. I met you there. 
but I but I angry beaver okay. each yeah. other in the early days too. For sure. Well, I know I've run into you plenty at the angry beaver, so put it yes. that way. Oh, for so, sure. uh, yeah. But yeah, so like you know that was grassroots at at its core, right? There wasn't, but it was at that that first media that we it was basically a panel. I moderated a panel of of some some media people, and uh, it was like a Monday or Tuesday in in like July and we packed that angry beaver with people talking about hockey. And that was like a pretty, like it was kind of a tipping moment where I was like, Holy crap. Like, this is, this is amazing. There's this many people that want to talk about it. Right. And so it just kind of grew from there as, as, as more people were kind of, when we get closer, you know, and, and credit to OVG, you know, there's, Potential owners have reached out to me over the years uh, in this journey, some more serious than others. And some were like, you know, the, the low, not the low employee, but, but maybe not the, the, the head people, but I'll give OVG a lot of credit before they even went to bid. Um, Tim Lewicki, you know, through his people up here, reached out to me and we sat down at the four seasons bar and had a drink and he's like hey i want to bring the nhl here and i need your help to do it and i'm like dude you had me at hello right <laughs> i would i would have supported anything right if you telling me you're bringing the nhl here i'm coming i'm oh, going man. what do you need uh, and I'll how did you get on how did you get on his radar because of you had the site and uh, yeah i think it was the site and i had a facebook group of a couple thousand people or whatever right like and uh because there wasn't many other people i mean there was there's plenty of hockey people and there's bigger, bigger hockey fans than me here at the time. So it's not like I'm like, Oh, I'm the de facto person. I just happen to have like probably the biggest group and had people talking. And, uh, so, you know, I think it's just from over the years. I mean, it was already big by then, but it was, you know, with, that's when the movement for the NHL franchise started coming in and you guys had different perspectives of it. Cause you're, you were part to me, you guys were part of the community for sure. Right. Like this wasn't like a group. This wasn't a leadership group. It was all of us kind of moving, moving the needle. And I don't know um, if you guys showed up at city council meetings, but that was a big portion. OVG would say, Hey, we need hockey represented because, you know, can you imagine a, a city council meeting where they're talking about potentially redoing key arena and bring and doing it for hockey and nobody showing up. Right. right. Like, then they're like, why are we doing this? Right. If nobody cares about it. So like, I knew there was plenty of hockey people here, but I just needed to kind of rally them and get them, you know, inside the, the city council chambers to, to hear their voices. Cause there was plenty of people that said it's about the NBA, not hockey. Right. And we shouldn't do this for hockey. We it's about bringing the Sonics back. And so we should do it down in Soto. And, and, you know, I can bore everybody to death about that whole thing. I mean, I supported everything, right? Anything that was going to bring hockey, we needed arena. I supported anything, but I quickly moved on when that thing failed and, and just focused on whatever I could control. Right. And, and like, I can bitch about anything. I, but it's not going to solve anything. And so I just was constantly just moving forward, moving forward and not to get so boxy, but that's just my attitude. Right. You know, like, control what I control, uh, stay positive and, and see what's next. Right. Because it's still a great market. Now. I, I mean, I, I wonder Jim and Chris, like how you guys felt about the, 
remember when the original expansion went through, right? Or or came up and they were taking applications. There was rumored four four different ownership groups from Seattle. And like, great sign, right? Deadline comes, none of them apply. And so only Quebec and Vegas applied. I was borderline devastated, right? Because I was like, holy crap, they're going to yep. expand to those two places. And, and 32 sounds like a pretty complete league, Yep. right? And so... I was terrified. It was like, well, both those places are going to get approved and, and we're going to be on the out, like hoping for, you know, relocation, which I was never a real fan of. Right. Because I believe in the sports so much. Like I know Arizona has got its challenges right now, but I, I, I believe in this sport, right. They just need to kind of put it together and kind of get organized, get an arena deal. I know that's a complex problem to solve, but like, I really believe in the sport. And I think that, that, sport can be successful in Arizona. But back to the 32, it was, I just felt like, oh crap, we're we're done. Now, luck would have it, the NHL only expands to Vegas. And so then it's 31 teams and now all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, right? They kept that spot open. Mm-hmm. And and there was there was plenty of rumors that Seattle was the desired place uh to put a team. You know, that's what people would tell me, but again, I wasn't it was hard to know who was BSing me and who who was in the know, right? So uh anyway, so uh that's that's pretty much it, man. And and you know, once once that ticket drive happened, you know, because I was worried leading up to that, and, and maybe nobody else was, but I was terrified. I even like took out advertising on Facebook to make sure everybody knew when the season ticket drive was because I was terrified nobody would show up. And so, and there were a lot of naysayers too. Oh, Oh, I I was getting in arguments with people. Now I will admit, I didn't know in, you know, whatever it was in 36 hours or whatever it took, you know, I mean, it was quite, my understanding was quite quicker than, uh, than Vegas, which was like around a week or whatever. No, Vegas, Vegas took like six weeks to hit that many. I know it was a longer, it was like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and, uh, man, I, it's, uh, Jim, I don't know what you're because I know you had a frontline view of of the situation, but I didn't think it would be that successful either. What was what did you think? Okay, so let me come right back to this. I want to do a okay. little build up to when we first met and so on and so forth. Okay, far. cool. It was at the Angry Beaver at one of those uh talk shops, yeah. hockey yeah, shop. Yeah. And you know, Andy Eyde was there, God rest his soul, man. I miss that guy. Yeah. Um we all do. Yeah, yeah shit. Um so there was that. I never made it to any of the council meetings, but I want to tell you, as you know, I grew up here, born and raised, yeah. and I'm I'm old enough to. <laughs> and my my dad had season tickets to the Seattle Totems, and I used to watch uh, on the blue line in that underneath that same roof from 1967 to well 68 to 73. Oh so my gosh! My heart, everything about what you've done, is just. I'm so thankful for your movement. I was there all along from the early days. Yeah. No, I remember. You know what? You sent me, I still, I cherish that coffee cup more than I, I, yeah, I do. Yeah. It was weird because I remember inquiring about it or something and you sent it to me free, no shipping, no nothing. I was like, dude, whatever. I I was, I'm just very thankful of your movement because I'm a guy that sat there, you know, played amateur my whole life and everything. And I, it took me till about eight years old to understand maybe seven, you know, the difference between the old WHL pro and the NHL. Uh-huh. 
I see. Yeah. And I sat in those seats when they would drop flyers. The very I went through all the 1975 or 74 expansion, the 78 talk, the flyers on the seats about do you are you interested in an NHL franchise? All that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when it find and you know I just like you. <clears throat> talked about all leading up to this about all the different opportunities the guy from new york that wanted to do the deal down in tukwila all yep. that stuff yeah yeah i thought that was actually going to be the ticket before anything to be honest with you i so, yeah and i was wow. talking to that group and was that the while, was that right? the one yeah. that there was maybe going to lure the the coyotes was that yes yes yeah but yeah anyway all that stuff all along and then of course meeting you you were there on the was it december 3rd was that the date we got the announcement on uh, 2018 Christian yeah, at uh, Henry's South Henry's. Lake Union. Right? Yeah, which, we were all which, there. That was a yeah. time of happiness. Which to this day still has to be the pinnacle for me, no matter what. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I, for you, you have a lot more than that. I mean, just getting together with like Wiki must be something else. But like, you know, and then going back to you and Paul. Have you did you know Paul before you came here? Paul Paul Brown. Uh, what we're talking Bro, about? No, no, Paul Paul Buxton. Paul Buxton. Paul not Buxton. before I we worked in the same organization. Uh, so I knew him, but but uh, at, at, we both worked at Microsoft at the time. Okay. Um, but actually, him and I went down to yes a uh, a rally down at Occidental with Chris Hansen, mm. and it was like a sea of green. And then and then uh, Paul and I, and and then we would go to city these city council. And he was the only other crazy enough person to to do it with me, yeah. right? Because everyone else is like, man, it's about NBA, right? No, it's like, nah, we got to do it. We got to show up. So, I mean, there's a, there's a, I don't know if you, you've, you've probably seen it, Jim, because you've been around for a bit, uh, a picture of Paul and I in, in uh, a city council chambers. And it's Black a sea of green behind, and I'm wearing Black Ox. He's wearing San Jose. San Jose. And we did that color. I mean, he's a Sharks fan too. And, yep. But we did that to stand out, right? To yep. differentiate from being the green. Not that we were trying to like compete. Right. Just like let it be known that that hockey's here. So yeah. anyway, I do so, I no, do remember that. Yeah. So I just want to thank you going back. And you know, we've connected many times at yeah. games and this and on and so forth. And it's always great to see you. But I just I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me growing up, always wanting a club and seeing it pass so many times and then finally getting it. And it's just crazy. No problem. And, <laughs> and thanks for being part of it, right? Because yeah. I I do think there's like little things whether it be that, that thing at the angry beaver that, that really propelled me to really believe in this and to see like the support. And, and I remember like you asking for the mug and it was like, it's not about like making money, right? It's like, here's this person that's super stoked on it. Hell yeah. Let's, let's, let's get it to, you know, cause you know, we didn't know each other very well then, but no. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to send it. No problem. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I, I, I love it that, you know, there's only like, 20 of those mugs in the wild. I believe it. Right? I believe you know? it. Because I had to do a limited order quantity, a minimum order quantity. And yeah. somebody, a, a buddy I play with now, uh, he, uh, he had, he has, he bought four of them. Right. I'm like, okay. And then, and then I was passing out a couple randomly to, to people that would really appreciate it. So right. I'm glad uh, you still have it. Oh. Uh, I think I have a couple, if it ever breaks, I've got a replacement for you. I only have oh, a couple man. left, but That's I'm holding cool. them. I'm I holding will tell them. you this though. When you tend to pull yours out on a special occasion, be it the season opener or maybe yeah. the playoff start, I do the same thing. Yes. I set that thing up. Yeah. You send a picture. picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I've got two of them and one's like super faded and it's like, oh man, this mug has seen some things. So oh, yeah, I have many faded stickers that have been on my truck from NHL hockey. <laughs> NHL, <Seattle. laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, my, my, my thing with, with hockey, you know, I, I moved, he, moved to Seattle in 1997 and, you know, I was following the Bruins and all, but, and, and I just remember thinking, God, I got to drive all the way to Vancouver to watch an NHL game. What? And it was just, it was just weird. And then I, you know, I heard the story of, you know, how the arena got built and you couldn't put an NHL team in there. You lose too many seats, although <laughs> they're doing that for Arizona now. But anyway, that's another story. But, you know, but I, you know, I, I was just like, oh God, I'm ne they're never going to, that's never going to, I mean, I didn't want to lose the Sonics, but if we hadn't lost the Sonics and moved out of key arena, I mean, it would. It, you know, knows, seeing right? one yeah. using begats another thing later on down the way. And so looking at the big, big picture, yeah, it sucked to lose that team. Although I'm confident they, per everything I hear all the time and just the gut feeling, you know, there will be a Sonics team, an NBA team eventually back in Seattle. Is it two years from now, five years, whatever. But but the thing is, we there's no way we would have had, I mean, somebody would have had to build another arena, right? Somewhere else just for hockey. And I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that was going to happen. So I just, it, like, damn, we're not going to have this, I guess. Totally. And, and, you know, I mean, there's, you know, Chris, you bring a different perspective to this conversation because you, you grew up in a big hockey market that had an NHL. And I had plenty of people that came from those kind of markets, whether it be Massachusetts or Minnesota that says, oh, Seattle can't support an NHL team. Like I had so many people saying that. And, and it made me nervous to be honest. Right. Um, but it's, you know, it, part of it is, yeah, they have an NHL team to fuel the area and, and the sport locally right now. Granted, <clears throat> they've always had hockey in, in Boston, but that's how you grow the sport here. Right. And, and, you know, you obviously see it with the different sheets. I mean, there's been Tacoma's got two sheets now, right, Jim? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's an additional sheet that has been added since, um, since the Kraken came, Kraken complex has three, there's two in Snoqualmie and, you know, I, you know, I live up North, so, or I live near the arena or sorry, the, the practice facility and that thing's full all the time, right? Oh. They're already, they're already at capacity. So, um, like there's going to need to be, but that that's because of the NHL. And so you're growing the market and, Oh, and, I can I can tell yeah. you, you know, Bobby Orr and Phyllis Pizzito and because you're right, there was always a Bruins team, but they went through some lean years. But it was those Orr, Esposito, Ken Hodge, Chiba, that those teams of the late '60s and '70s. All of a sudden, you know, I was a little kid at that, but I, I'm old enough just to barely remember it. And you know, a hockey rink, you know, opened up, you know, um, less than a mile away from my house, and others did, and everybody's getting in these leagues, and so I saw that just exactly what you're. Yeah, yeah, and saw that happen in New England. Sure, a lot of people were playing, but it went up exponentially because then also you have a championship team. Yeah, and, and people, and that was back in the days pre-cable. You had you know just the UHF stations, and you had to have the weird little squiggly uh, antenna. And people were like so rabid on the Bruins. They were channel <laughs> thirty-eight, and people are putting these big monstrosity antennas just so they can freaking watch the Bruins and some, you know, cartoons and that's it, you know, and three stooges were on that. Anyway. So that was, you know, people were so fanatical about it. And I just <laughs> saw that growth, which, and I, and Jim, you and I have talked about it too, you know, before the team, it's like, look, it's going to happen where people are going to get, 
It's going to build up more youth hockey. I mean, how many divisions, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the gentleman who we had him on uh, a year or so ago, who does the uh, Kraken league. Andy. Andy. Andy, Yeah. Andy. Andy, And it was like, well, he was like, well, I don't know, 32 divisions. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it's, it's insane. Right. It's insane. Yeah. The the women's hockey alone was already starting to take off and now it's like, boom. And you know, there's another thing. You got all these sheets of ice that have been added, and more coming. You know they are. Yeah. Um, what people tend to forget is, is these are hockey people. What about the figure skaters? What about the speed skaters that are occupying a lot of that ice as well? As soon as it gets full, they got to build again. So right. Yeah. I mean, I see yeah. it down in Tacoma. There is a huge speed skating uh, community in Tacoma. Oh yeah. 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 So um, it's yeah. just going to happen. It's going to go. And, but you know, you're talking about. Uh, if you were wondering if it was going to take off in the early days, right. With the, the season ticket sales. Yep. Yep. I actually didn't worry. And here's why. And I did the same thing with Vegas. I thought to myself, look, Vegas is nothing but a bunch of transplants. Correct. From yep. that come from NHL yep. cities that already had a team. Yep. Boom. Works. Same thing here, John, you play with guys from all over the country. That's right. Yeah. I play with, if, if you go over the years from me playing uh senior men's going back to right out of amateur you can count the amount of locals on less than one hand that have ever been on my team. Most of them are Canadians. Most of them are from the Midwest. Most of them from the Northeast, at least what do I play with over the years? Yeah. So they all, you know, we've got a huge load of transplants here as well. Chris knows the Boston Red Sox when they come to town, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, so I knew that the core or the base that had been waiting that actually has money was ready to go. So, yeah, I, I agree with you there, right? I thought the same, right? Because I, I even like, I was thinking about last night, there's, I I have a skate on Monday nights, there's about 24 people playing, two people local, right? right. So every, there's people from Minnesota, they're making connections in, but I don't know how big that, that pool was, right? Uh, to yeah. your point, it's like, yeah, you would think everybody's from Minnesota or, or can't Canadian in my right. cir- circle, but the reality is maybe that's just my circle. But, but I think I think it was, it was good for me to be worried about it, right? Because right. that of provided course. drive and made sure like I didn't leave anything on the table, right? Like I I was going to give it everything I have, nothing, nothing left for chance, right? And if I was too confident, who knows how that would have happened? And and the reality is this probably th- this thing probably happens without me. Um, but hopefully I made it just a little bit easier or a you little did. quicker, just, you know, a, you a couple of percentage points. I don't care as long as I increase the odds. But, and honestly, man, like I've met, I've known you guys for a while. I don't meet you guys without this. Right. So part of sounds, sounds cliche, but like, Part of the experience was the journey and meeting the great people that I've met over the years. And like, community. you know, we, we run into each other at cracking games and man, I like cracking games. I'm like hugging like 20 or 30. I, people. I love I it. Right. Cause That's I true. love it. I'm part of, part of the community. Right. And so it's just, I, I feel like I've been living a dream for the last three years and, and I have, right. Because I dreamt about this for a while. So. Yeah, well, we no all doubt you did. I think you did a few percentage points. You helped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little more props than that. You, I don't, yeah, you know, thank you. Words yeah. there. No, it's great, that. But you know, it, it really was, and it was really kind of a galvanizing a community together. And it is, um, it really is. I mean, I often say I live in the Queen Anne area. So I, I literally walked to the arena and uh, it was like, I'm oh, going to my clubhouse, you know, 
It's a Sunday. Oh, that's so awesome. I, you know, that's yeah, what I, nice. You know, I make it. I I don't make it all of year, but I probably go to about 20 games, give or take 19, 20 games. I yeah. Two home ones. And even once in a long while, I might even, you know, hit a road one. I went out to uh, Washington Capitals game last season. I was in D.C. and cracking. So that was, that was fun to be, uh, you know, one of the few Kraken fans in, in on a road game. Those those are nice. cool. Too, yeah. But, uh, it's great. And and I, you know, and I've, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of all the team sports to varying degrees and all, but uh, there's something about the fandom uh, of the NHL or any hockey. Uh, there's just such a, a down to earth vibe. And I see a lot of those people coming out, but then you also love, and I'm sure you'd, you'd agree with this. It's, you know, teaching the sport or exposing it to a lot of people who just maybe didn't dislike it, but it was like something way far out there. They didn't think about it at all. And they go to their first hockey game. I've, I've, I brought people to their first. Yeah. Yeah. And anything. And they're just like, wow, just the wow look on their face and everything. And it's not necessarily I'm making them, you know, NHL fans for life, but maybe some in some cases, but you know, they, they just, they're just so wowed by it. And they didn't, they didn't, you know, cause you can only get so much energy from a television. So when they're totally they're person, totally. you just hope you how just hope loud the crowd is. Yeah. When you, you just hope when you bring somebody for their first game, it's a good game, right? Like yeah, not a six. The, the worst thing is if they don't score already. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. I'll tell you, you know, go to go to a, you know, and I used to be a soccer player, but I'll say go to a soccer for what you want to see. There's plenty of zero zero games there, but uh, yeah, you see yeah. these guys are going, you know, it's 80 miles an hour behind bias, but and then just also the fandom, you know, it was um, so this is the thing I was thinking, I mean, you know, it just because saw how loud like I, I've said many times after that first season, with the exception of maybe I don't know. A Cubs or, or or Green Bay Packers fans or some little old school thing, you know. It, I, I I never had seen or experienced a a fan base so enthusiastic for a losing team, and I was like, oh well, gee, if we, and when they make the playoffs one of these days, and I wasn't necessarily expecting year two, yeah. but like, boy, it's gonna be bonkers. And what was it in those two playoff series? It was bonkers. And I yeah. loved every, it, it made my heart sore. They see and hear that. Well, I, I think about that game four against Colorado, right? The overtime, oh, yeah. that is the, that minted fans, right? People yeah. that happen, kids happen to be staying up to watch it, right? Happen to be watching. And Everly's goal, man, he is, yeah. he is part of the lore of Seattle crack in history. So. Yeah, the goal was right in front of me. I'll... Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I, I I tell you, after that game, like I have a hard time watching regular season games. I'm so nervous still, right. still, and you know, playoff is a totally different. I mean, that's how I'm I'm gonna die. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a heart attack at a game. I know that's how I'm gonna die. So, uh, which is fine. That's that's I know yeah. I'm signing up for this. Like that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Uh, but after that game, I was, I needed to like decompress. I needed to just like, I, we didn't, we went down to the Verizon lounge. You, you know where that is, I'm sure. And just yeah. sat in a corner and just, it, it wasn't, I needed a drink. That wasn't it. I just needed to like chill out and just lay like almost lay down, uh, with my eyes wide open because it was just such an emotion. And, and, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about, what an unbelievable experience for this fan base. You yes. know, it's stuff you and I, or the three of us have seen forever, right? We've seen these scenarios watching other teams, whether it's you're rooting for the team or not, or just caught up in the game, but to, to have like a fan base experience that for the first time, unbelievable. 
unbelievable right. experience. You, you couldn't have scripted any better. Cause like, man, they lose, they go down three, one in the series. Right. Oh yeah. Just incredible. So. And, you know, and then uh, this is maybe a good segue to, you know, we've actually gotten the experience this. I, I don't know if you've gone down to, uh, you know, Palm Springs, Palm Desert area and seen a coach. I have not. I'm eager to hear about it, though. Oh, yeah, because oh, I had you paid for a it. New fan base <laughs> in Seattle, one of the last places you might think there would be a new fan base and a very, very enthusiastic one for the uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds. <laughs> uh Kraken's AHL team and Jim, Jim and I wanted to go uh first year and just timing didn't work out but we finally figured out we wanted to figure get a little bang for our buck go down when we can catch two games they get a little mm. back to back and they had a back to back uh that was a Jan January 31 Feb 1 uh right. against the uh Calgary Wranglers and uh, Jim and I saw two fun. One one was a real nail biter, and one was just kind of a fun big scoring game. The uh, Firebirds won both games against Calgary, who are their rival. They also another team that came into the league um, when they did. But um, you know, I, this is when you know now we're hearing the Joey Joey chants at at Climate Pledge. Um, you know that all arguably started down at Acrisure Arena, uh, which is quite a nice facility for an AHL team. And uh, I mean, all of us said they were yelling Drieger, 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 because that's who was playing there. But I mean, I, I'd watch, you know, Jim and I would watch, you know, on AHL TV, a lot of games. I caught a lot of the playoff games and just people going, he, that dude's a celeb. He doesn't have to pay a penny for a coffee or, or a beer. Yeah. Um, but really great time, Jim, man. That was epic. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Oh, man. I was, I didn't expect it to be, you know, I've talked to people that have gone and they say the same thing we're about to say. And I, I play them down like, oh yeah, I'm sure it's just kind of okay. <laughs> anyway. And I'm also surprised you haven't been John. Cause you normally show up to all kinds of surprise visits at NHL. And he's like, what, what's he That's doing? True. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan of direct sunlight. So like Palm oh. Springs in general is not, I mean, I'm, I'd say that jokingly, right. I'm just not that big of, like I, I don't it. need the sun like people in the winter here. Like I love it up here in the winter. Right. Um, and I I think I might go down in March, to be fair. Okay. Uh, well, I yeah. I will tell you, we went down during the flooding Ooh. with the Southern California, all that flooding that wow. was going on. And yeah. it was I actually had to dry to out my sneakers at a Palm Springs trip. <laughs> How weird is that? It was so weird too, because you know, I, I retired from utilities and I was watching this rain come down and watching it just flood the streets. And I oh, thought man. to myself, thought to myself, and I look up in the air and I go up in the sky and I go, it's not even raining that bad. It's, <laughs> but it's there's just, nowhere just, for the water not, to go. Literally yeah. nowhere for it to go. There's yeah. not, yeah, they're, 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 it just doesn't handle it well at all. Anyway, so we were dealing with probably 50 to 65 degree temperature the whole time we were down there and lots of water, but it was still okay. And right. What an experience, you know, that venue is gorgeous. Um, it doesn't also seem another like OBG arena. Yeah. Yes, yeah. of course. And we did see Lightwicky uh Tim walking by a little bump oh. into him almost. Um, I didn't get a chance to walk into the practice or the the hockey rink that's attached to it yet. Uh -huh. And they had some private party going on there, so we couldn't enter. But beautiful facility, um, just pumped up the crowd. The in-house uh in-arena entertainment is much like us at home here at Climate Pledge, which is 50% of what's going on, right? Yeah, a little, um, a little very, lower tech. Well, of course, a little lower tech, but yeah, I mean, they are similar, filling up every vibe. second. Every second of non-hockey is filled up with something that's pretty fun and not yeah. old, not necessarily over the top. 
Um, but you know what was so refreshing to me was just looking around at the crowd and the people. And you can tell just from conversation or just looking that these are all local folks, you know, the whole valley there. Um, and they didn't know anything about hockey before it came down there for the yeah. most part. I'm sure there was maybe 10% that no one followed, you know, the Anaheim Ducks or somebody or LA. Yeah. But you can just tell they are so refreshed by it and everything. Everywhere you go, every hotel, every restaurant is based around Coachella Firebirds hockey. It's awesome. Jerseys being worn throughout the hotel oh, staff. Yeah, the whole hotel staff. We had some Firebirds t-shirt or something. And huh? we were able to share stories. And they're like, you know, we would say something like, yeah, we just come in and we're cracking season ticket holders. We want to come down and so on and so forth. And they're like, well, don't steal any of our players. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, well, we're probably going to grab two next year. So just, you know, and of course they'd say who, and I go, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so, like, yeah. Bring Riker back, you know? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it just, I was so just thrilled with all of that vibe that was going on. The only beefs I had was the parking was a little bit out of control cost way cost wise, which kind of surprised me down there. Yeah. They char charge. I mean, you get a part. Yeah. It was like, you know, 20 something bucks. No, it was more than that. It well, was no, the idea, it was, well, it was 30. If yeah. you bought it there, which was good luck right. figuring it out. They didn't make it. I think I have a feeling a lot of, they weren't checking it because we didn't pay that first day. Because yeah. I we got in there, what is it, 30? And then I was trying to figure it out through an app and thing, and it was really convoluted, and we and just swung it, it. And it's it, you you almost have to drive, right? Is that the deal, too? Well, yes. it is like, a, well yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, no. everything's very spread out. I mean, we were, I don't know what, Jim, a mile and a half away. Yeah, across the freeway, and it's on a side street next to the freeway, and it's got a massive parking lot. Um, right. And it's just designed by itself out there. I'm sure in 10 years, there'll be stuff built all around it. Right. But yeah. it's oh, very, we saw, yeah, we saw construction. It's, it feels like a little bit like in any city where they have like an arena or a stadium, and then you can see this infrastructure it's, getting built. Right. Up. Right. Like where right. all the, there were some restaurants. So we were in this sort of nook that probably had been a little bit industrial, but you can see it's getting turned over by right. the hotels, some restaurants. Right. And we saw a lot of other areas in the surrounding area cleared. Okay. But you technically could walk, but it would be tough. It's like you're walking on a highway almost. Yeah. So yeah, you're, okay. you kind of you know I'm not doing that. You're yeah. stuck with the parking thing. But yeah. the what I, reason why I was saying was yes, less because if you did it beforehand, I did it online beforehand. Right. I think it was 22 or something like that. But still, yeah, I just was a, a little surprised, you know, because I, I think AHL, I think or okay, like we're getting. AHL pricing. Right? Yeah. I'm thinking we're going to get pricing. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, like instead of having a $17 burger at climate pledge, maybe it'll be 12. Right. Right. But it right. wasn't, it was like 16, 17 bucks. You know, you're going to play a little bit, but not that much more. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I was a little yeah. bit surprised. Yeah. That's but man, funny. what a yeah. great vibe and a totally affordable trip when you break it down. Um, highly advisable to anybody to experience it and to watch our prospects down there is great. You know, um, John Hayden had a great time. Portolowski had a great game. Drieger had some good stuff going on. Uh, Cole Lynn had, had a big night. Uh, Ryan Winterton. I mean, it was just really cool to see all these guys. Good, good, to, see, good to see Shane. He didn't have yeah. games, but it was great. To it was see. a bit quiet. And wouldn't you know, my boy, my boy Melanson was uh, not do, not playing. So I was a little bummed about that. Was he scratched or? He was, I think nobody could ever get, by the way. Or John, suspended. I don't know if you noticed this. Maybe um, uh, your buddy Curtis uh, at the Deep Sea Hockey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis might be able to tell because he's good on the the leagues below for all his his work, which I commend and I love following him. Yeah. Um, 
I, it's really hard to get good information on an AHL website. You ever notice that? Yeah. Oh Some yeah. Deep dive stuff. Yeah. Like I, I mean, just you can't even minutes. get time on ice. Yeah, exactly. I want exactly. Tom on yeah, ice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. um, nobody seemed to know. I talked to a few people and they think he got in a cuff and he was beat up a little bit on his nose. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I was a little bummed because I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. There's your big boy, right? That you he, want up fr in front, right? Well, I mean, you know what? The very first rookie camp or dev camp, very yeah. first one. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed with him. I was keying in on him pretty good. And I was very impressed with his game. I don't think his second camp was as good. I think his last camp was great. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, he's a shoe in for Hayden when Hayden's gone. Right. That's, it just has to happen. And I, I can see that happening this year and coming up. So we'll yeah. see. Um, I just, I, I like the guy's game. I like it a lot. I, I, you know, it's, it, we really don't have a player like that on our roster. So, right. Right. So, and you, you're saying Shane was kind of quiet. Shane was quiet in the two no, games. No. I don't think he had a point. He looked, you know, okay, fine. He wasn't, but I know he has been kind of streaky down there. He's got like what, 19 dingers. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. The games before he was on a roll. For yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it so, just happened to be the two games we saw. He was exactly he was quiet with the points. That's all. Right. But I mean, yeah. guys like Portolowski, he's, you know, such a high level player down there. And, and you know, McCormick always looks good down yeah, there. It's crazy. I Even know. Cameron Hughes, right? Yes. Playing yeah. Well oh, Cameron too. Hughes yeah. had a really good one of those. Games. Yeah. 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 All those guys. And it's, it, it's crazy though, that those guys don't translate. Like it's, it's not clear yes. if they translate right to the NHL. Like yeah. Cole Lind, Cole Lind is like leading the team in points and, and he did last year too, remember? Yeah, and he just he and when he's here, he does nothing. Now, I always think it's tough to expect a lot from these guys. Like, oh, you're a top top three in Coachella. Now you're in the fourth line, right? Play well, a different game, right? So yeah, and also, yeah. you know, say you get grab nine nine minutes on a Haxel system, yeah, it's completely different from somebody else right. in the NHL, right? Yeah. Also, there's yeah. the reverse effect too, where some guys. When they some guys with talent, when they go down to the A, their game yeah. goes backwards. It's just so right. weird. Right. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it you know, one thing I it made me think of Cartier last year, right? Is Cartier his first camp? I think he actually attended the first year's camp without signing as a tryout. Right. And then he came the following year after he signed. Like they signed a mid-year uh as in his 20-year-old exactly for the Sioux. And then but when I saw him the second time, I'm like, this guy's shot is pretty good. And I was Very. like, keeping an eye on, you know, and, and as much as I'd like to think I, I've got a good eye for this things and I watch a lot of hockey, I know there's a lot of stuff I don't pick up on. Um, but that shot always stuck out to me. And I was talking with people internally, but and they're like, I'm like, Hey, do you think this guy's got a shot? And they're like, and they're like, I think it's highly likely. Right, right, that that he's got a shot. So, um, you know, and uh, so it's nice to know. It's like okay, I observed something that sure did translate, and other people were ex more expert opinions were excited. So, they they really like Winterton, you know, as well. Yeah. And I don't know how Winterton looked, and I didn't think he looked fine. he looked that great when he was up here for his couple games, but he, I don't think he looked lost and out of place by any means. So, um. I'm excited about him because he's like finally healthy. Like that's the thing that's dogged him the last couple of seasons is he's been hurt right. in the basically gets hurt in the playoffs, 
and then is rehabbing halfway through the season. Well, this year that wasn't the case. So it's great to see him playing relatively well, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's his first pro year. So that's going to be interesting as well. Right. Well, like you said, like with Joey, you just need, need the reps. You need, you need time to play. I mean, that's why they, you know, sitting right. Shane right for so long was silly and, Good, good that he's, you know, he's getting a play yeah. minutes yeah. in Coachella and all of these guys. And, you know, you know, it's nice we see, you know, I, I've been a fan of Riker Evans. I've been glad that he's been coming up to the NHL and look, looking pretty comfortable. And obviously we got Joey and, and Cartier. So it'll be interesting to see who the next few guys who are, you know, going to be able to come up. Um, might even be somebody we don't expect, you know, so because I mean, quite a few guys, we rattled off a lot of names there and it was, it yeah. was they, hockey, they might not. Know? Yeah, there's even more like like Jugnoth right now is doing it well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of surprising. Crazy. It's super he, crazy. He, he left yeah. the college and come back to Portland and, and like is on fire. Right, totally. he's on fire. Yeah, totally. And you know what? It's, he did yeah. look good in camp this last. I game. think so too. I remember, he, but yeah, but he's he, playing a bunch of guys his age, right? So you're right. like, I don't know how good he really is, but he did look good. So yeah, it, it was one of those guys that like every time I looked up, I go, you know, the puck's on his stick a lot. Yeah. That in itself is, yeah. is saying something. So the guy, the guy who I like since we're talking about prospects is uh Rakoff. I think you oh, probably heard me mention speaking it. Speaking of shots. Oh yeah. yeah, I think I know this sounds crazy, but I think he's got a shot at making the team next year. I agree. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a reasonable thought, sure. Yeah. I mean, but a second rounder in his in his draft plus one, that's that's a little early. Uh, exactly. But I think he's got a shot, right? I and, do too. Yeah. But you know, it, it's again, he, you know, he's, he's a little slight only because of his age. Right. But he, he, he could fill out a bit and he could be, he could be, he could make, he'll get his, at least his nine games. Right. Yeah. To start the year. I mean, I think I, I shouldn't say he, he will. It's, I think there's a good chance he gets at least those nine games to get a good look at him in the NHL. So, yeah. Do you think, do you think a Ty Nelson can get a chance here? I, I'm not as bullish on Ty as a lot of people. Um, only because I think the deal there is he's really filled out. Like he's, he, he's like a man already. Yeah. And so as, as when he, he, he does really well against people that are younger or like skinnier and, and not filled out as much. Yeah. So when he, it's it's just a question. Can he keep that same pace uh, when he gets to play with in the AHL or NHL? I mean, there's a lot of people that like him, and there's a lot to like, mm-hmm. but I think it, there's still some questions there. And and I don't know if you know, but he's he's uh, he hasn't played in a couple of weeks because he got yeah, he's a concussion. Yeah, yes. right. yes. yeah. So um, so I don't know. I mean, a lot of people. I'm I'm like one of the only ones that's like, hey, let's pump the brakes. But I think. I, I pumped the brakes on a lot of people, even Riker. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about, but I'm not like, okay, he's not, too. you know, he's not Vince Dunn. Like, let's not even. No, no, no. I wouldn't say that, but I, I just felt there were a lot of people. I was, he was a little favorite of mine because when he got drafted and some people thought that was, you know, some pundits thought it was a bad pick. Oh, oh yeah. He's, and he's already, and that, that kind of drove me yeah, up the wall yeah. and I, oh really? Okay. He's now my favorite player. F you. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I like, like him. Joey. I just was sort of pulling for yeah. him. Yeah. And, and, and at training camps that, you know, you and I saw Jim or at, um, yeah. you know, obviously at Coachella, he's, he was really stepping up and like, Hey, this kid yeah. really makes the Kraken. So, yeah. I, I mean, I he looks, he looks like he belongs, right. right. But he's not quite the, he hasn't, I think we see glimpses and, and feel free to counter it or, or 
kind of no, weigh in, but like I, we see glimpses, but we haven't seen Lapses. like any like stand out. I mean, he still hasn't scored, right? Yep. Four points. Uh, yeah. Six. But I think he's played fine. Um, you know, he did kind of get burned, I think, in the New Jersey game a bit, but uh, you know, that's it's gonna it's gonna happen, right? Um, and he's gotta he's again kind of back to the Joey thing, right? He probably just needs some reps at this level. And I think and we had, we didn't really talk about I don't know if you, we have time to talk about trade deadline, but yeah, let's go into know. that now. We got a little bit of a few minutes. We do have to wrap it up. But yeah, trades. What what's what's well, the- I think Schultz is the one that is probably I don't know who's interested in Schultz, but those guys are the easy ones, Schultz, Wenberg, and and I think Everly. There's talk that he wants to stay, and I think the Kraken probably would would take it like would like him to stay as well, um, assuming that's what he wants to do. Um, but I think Schultz is an easy trade candidate because Riker can can fill in. Now we don't know the long term outlook at Brian Dumlin right now because he got hurt, but um, and then Wenberg, you know, I'm probably the biggest. Wenberg fan. I know he's got some detractors, but I absolutely love Wenberg. But he's really sitting in Shane's spot, in Shane yes. Wright's spot. And I think if they do trade him, you know, and they're not contending for a playoff spot, that's when Shane comes up and, and Shane's going to be be on the squad the rest of the season. That's right. That's how I kind of write it, mock it up. Um, but that's my vibe. I don't know what you guys think. When, Wenberg feels like we could get something good for him, you know, it's a, it's a good trade because, you know, yeah. I'm not a big fan. I, I like, I think he's a good player. I have, he's never wowed me, but uh, it was like, well, who's, who's tradable that we could get? Not because, you know, he's not working for us. I mean, so, you know, yeah. what can we get back and I'm thinking Winberg and, and I would think Schultz to some degree too. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm on your page, uh, John, pretty much uh, with the, uh, the factor, you know, it, it, I've been going back to two, and I have nothing against Wenberg, but he's been my piece for two years to talk about um, because I know he can get good trade value from him. And I know that number two C is Shane. Right. Um, and this, this whole seasoning of a year at Coachella and then the off season and the workouts and this and that and come back next year. I think it'll be perfect because Shane's game is a 50 50. And that's exactly what Wenberg is. Right. I think if you take Wenberg out, no matter what, when you bring Shane in, your production is up and your defensive game is equal. That's just yeah. me thinking this. Um, yes, uh, on the Schultz, I think that's automatic, but I'm sitting there thinking you're not going to get much, much on that yeah. Yeah, at yeah. all. I mean, because he's still going to fill the same position somewhere else over there, 6D, yeah. PP, yeah. whatever. Um, and then Ebbs, I've heard he likes it. You're right. Yeah. And that's a... You know, he's kind of a big staple here. He's really well-liked. I know they love the community. You can see it. You can feel it. Um, but at the same time, you never know. And if what, if you do sign him, what kind of – that's going to be a – I know. I know. That's going to be a drop. And he's just going to have to live with that if that's the case, right? Right. Unless right. somebody yeah. wants him bad. He could yeah. totally help a team. You know yeah. that. And, and you know, he's got to think about does he want to win a cup, right? And, right. And I don't know how close Seattle is to, to contending. I It – doesn't feel like in his contract length, whatever that next yeah. one is. Um, so he's got to weigh that too. Right. Um, you know, I don't think we're that close. Like hey, we could always no. get lucky. Who knows what, what could happen. But uh, I think there's, I I mean, I could see a case where he, he is 
whether it be traded or doesn't sign in the off season, uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to see all these guys go. Right. Of but course, that's part of, of the game. Right. And, and I think those are easy. The the next kind of question, and, and we don't need to go too in depth here, but it's like, what if somebody comes after Yanni Gord for, for trade? Right. I can see like, that. It, it, it's not a world I want to live in, but like, no, the reality is like this team needs to get better. And Yanni probably has a lot of value to a playoff team. Um, so something to consider. Uh, and those are those are the tougher ones, right? I think yeah. the ones on expiring contracts, that's pretty easy. And what's funny is uh, you know, we kind of forget about Tatar, but Tatar's on the on a one-year yep. deal. And right. they they just they traded a fifth for him. Uh I wonder, I wonder if they could get more in return. Like get get a loan for a couple and then get get a third, you know, at the uh-huh. trade deadline, which would be pretty classic. I would love that. So, and then, you, you know, you got to think about Tolley yeah. coming up. And yeah. um, we got to think about Maddie. Now, the interesting thing about Maddie is the performance this year has kind of changed that whole look of what his potential contract could look like. You know, could it, could you all of a sudden be looking at a bridge situation as opposed yeah. to what you were at the start of the year? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so strange. But then I again, know. here's yeah. the one. Here's the one, though, that frees up 3.5, and that's Drager. Yeah. Yeah. That's He's probably safe to say he's not going to be here next year. No, I, yeah. yeah. And hopefully he's playing the NHL somewhere else. Yes, right? exactly. I could see him getting picked up, especially with his, what he's done there and what he did when he came up. Uh, it's interesting, but that's, that's going to be something going on there. Yeah. He yeah. can definitely get a job in another team, but uh, yeah, yeah. That, that'll, that'll free up a lot of money and they'll need that for sure. Uh, John, we could talk for hours with you yes. on this. I know, and we'll maybe we'll. we'll get I, love talking. I love talking. I love talking hockey. I, man. I, I, I do want to say for those who are listening and want to hear more of John, talk, you can hear John talk a lot. Talk, talk a little bit about Sound of Hockey, where people can catch that. And you, yeah, you, so that uh, we dated the Kraken, right? Yeah, a couple of years before the Kraken. I mean, it was when it was pretty clear it was going to happen. But um, we created a podcast, Sound of Hockey. Uh, we have some interviews, we do some other fun, kind of fun stuff. We cover the league a little bit uh, more general, so it's not always, it's a heavy crack in influence. Uh, we do our best on the junior teams around here, but, um, without Andy, who, uh, used to be on the show and passed away last year, he was, uh, he was, oh man, he was a resource for WHL. Uh, and then we also have soundofhockey.com where, uh, we cover the game, the team, uh, a lot of crack and stuff. I do, uh, a Monday, I call it the Monday musing where it's my random thoughts and it gets a little bit down into some, uh, some deep dives into some analytics, but also I try to keep it high level and kind of cover the prospects too. So, um, it's fun. I love, uh, again, man, thanks for having me on. Cause I, I love, I just love talking hockey. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and one yeah, other yeah. thing too, talk a little bit, you're on the board of the one roof foundation. Talk That's right. Yeah. So the one roof foundation you know, it's the non uh, it's the um, nonprofit organization with the Kraken and Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, they really kind of the big thing they do. They do a couple different things and they do great stuff. But the one thing that you know I'm I'm particularly proud of is they uh, provide access to hockey right to people that would not normally afford it um, and do some other things in that space. And you know, whether it be sponsoring people that that hopefully go on to AAA teams, which can get expensive. You know, that's one thing like maybe doing learn to play or, or, or learning how to play hockey isn't the most expensive thing, but it's when you kind of start to excel and you, you get advanced and you kind of go on travel teams, anybody who's getting kind of, you know, free gear or whatever, free ice, 
that's kind of the easy stuff, but it's like, how do they kind of progress through their career? And, and then they can, um, you know, and then they can take it to AAA uh, at, and get some um, financial assistance there. And then another thing they do, it's pretty awesome. It's um, REWA. So it's refugees in Washington state. They bus uh, one, one day a week, they bus the kids, provide them a lunch uh, refugees, that live in the area to to Kraken Community Iceplex and they get to learn how to skate, right? And that's kind of a it, you know, can you think of like refugees from countries that probably don't have ice and you're exposing them and getting them together to experience it? And it's and it's the stuff that it's us being in locker rooms or on teams that that those are the cool stories and being being part of a team. And you're exposing them through hockey that would never kind of that would never probably come to come to people's minds uh, that That's they awesome. could do that. So it's really, I'm really proud of it. I think, you know, and they continue to kind of iterate and do some, some better things. So thanks for asking about that because it's something I'm really proud of too. That's great. Well, thanks so much, John. Keep doing all that you're doing. We're going to have you back on here sometime. Uh, Anytime, man. Anytime. We'll, Seriously. We'll, you yeah, we'll bump into you at a game. Soon. Yes. Yeah, and, and John, I want to hug the next game, by the way. Uh, for sure. No doubt. <laughs> I I want to hug you through the screen. So we'll do it. So, okay. okay big, big screen, man. I love, yeah. I love here, man. All I right. hockey love. I love it. All right. All right. So, love you guys. Thanks so much for, yeah. for joining us. And, um, and thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Folks, please keep in mind, if you haven't already joined us, find us on Facebook, on Twitter, slash X. We're at Cast Kraken, Instagram, and YouTube. This podcast is available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and our very own website, SeattleKrakenFanCast.com, where you can also get some Seattle Kraken FanCast merch, like our Joey, Joey, Joey t-shirts and uh, our FanCast t-shirts, among, among other things. So uh, check that out soon. Um, hopefully we'll have Nathan Gunderson back next week. Uh, we'll have a little run of games. Hopefully that, hopefully a little streak coming up. Well, a uh, winning streak that is. So hopefully we'll have some good news coming up and, uh, and more analysis and uh, more guests uh, coming up soon. So for Jim Cockrell and our producer Jay Middleton, I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, go, go. cracking. Crack.